Chatters, chatties, welcome home for a Great American Chat, a podcast where we chat about Great American Media. I'm Chad Maurice, and I've been away for a few weeks because I've been out of town. I've been having my computer work done. I've been doing taxes, but I'm back now, and today we are going to do a recap of English Estate. But before we get to that, let's chat a little bit about Great American Media News. It was announced that both Trevor Donovan and Danica McKellar are going to be doing two movies this year. I think both of them, both of them, well, they're both doing a Christmas movie, and I think they're both doing on like an autumn uh, movie. I know Trevor's movie in the fall is called The Harvest Homecoming. I don't know who his co-star is going to be there. And also, he's going to be in a Christmas movie, Christmas by Chance, with Merritt Patterson. And if you remember, those two were in Jingle Bell Princess uh, together, which I think Great American Family is showing next Friday night as part of the Friday night uh, Christmas movie. Danica, her movie is going to be called Swing Into Romance. And her Christmas one is called Royal Christmas Ball. And we don't know who her co-stars are in any of those movies yet. But it sounds like she's going to be dancing in both of them. Well, I know she's going to be dancing in the Christmas movie, but it sounds like she might be dancing in the in the other movie. We'll have to find out. Now, let me know. I'm live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Let me know if you can hear me okay. Last time I used this software, my mic kept cutting in and out. The audio kept cutting in and out for some reason. I have no idea why. So if you can hear me okay... Let me know. We'll be good to go. Now, let's chat about English Estate. This movie premiered February 25th. Stars Spencer Locke and Charlie Clapham. As directed by Nick Lyon and written by Anna, oh boy, Rasmussen, I think is the way you pronounce that. The synopsis says New York City real estate executive Nora Cartwright has found out that her unknown great uncle passed away and left her a beautiful English property. In need of money to buy her own office, Nora takes the first flight to England to sell the mansion, not counting on her uncle's handsome business partner to get in the way. All right, so let's kick this off. Here we go. Nora. Oh, hold on. Let me put this. Let me move, move, move things around here. All right, here we go. Nora. She is an interior designer in Los Angeles. She's not a New York City real estate executive. Like the synopsis says, whoever wrote that synopsis must have been smoking something while they were watching the movie. But she's an interior designer in L.A., She owns her own business with a friend, Amelia, and they work out of Nora's apartment, and they are looking to rent or buy some office space in downtown L.A. She has a boyfriend, this guy, named Daniel, who is a stockbroker, and they're out to dinner one night, and he doesn't even have time to look up from his phone to share dinner with Nora, so... She's thinking of ending things with him, and I think she does. I think at the end of this scene, I think she tells him to go fly a kite, that they shouldn't be seeing each other anymore. Nora finds out she inherited an English estate from a great uncle that she never met when she gets a call from Nigel, her great uncle's attorney. Now, at first, 
I thought that she didn't believe him. But after she hung up the phone, she immediately said to her friend, book me a flight to London. I'm selling that place and I'm using the money to get office space downtown. She heads off to England and the first place she stops when she arrives is the Whale and Ale Pub, which makes sense because, you know, as soon as you fly over the pond and get off the plane, you have to go to a pub, right? It's the first place you got to stop. <laughs> I like her thinking. She, meant, she meets the pub owner, Mary, who is not only the owner, but also the barkeep and waitress. She mentions to Mary that she is going to sell the estate. Mary flips out and says, what? You can't sell the estate. It's been in your family for over 300 years. Nora then finds out that Edmund, that's her great uncle, was a furniture maker. Now, do you recognize Mary? Let me see. If I make this picture bigger, whoops, whoops, let me switch that. I don't know what looks better. Does that look better? Or does this look better? I don't know. But anyway, do you recognize Mary? She's played by Juliet Mills who was in a lot of shows and movies in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I know her from playing Tabitha on the soap opera Passions. But anyway, she's in this movie. Her husband, Nigel, played by Max Caulfield, is also in this movie. He's the one that plays Nigel, the, the great uncle's attorney. So Mary gives her a ride to the estate, and she finds out that it is a mansion. Here's where the cute meet occurs. She meets Jamie, and they both say that they live, or they both say that they own the house. <laughs> she thinks that he is the house's butler, and he is actually her great uncle's accountant. And apparently he does live in the house. Why he lives in the house, I don't know. That is the first of many unanswered questions in this movie. Usually people's accountants don't live with them. So I'm not sure what he's what, what's going on here or what he's doing there. But it's stated later in the movie that he has lived in the house since he was a kid. Why is that? I don't know. It was never explained. One of the many uh, questions that are never explained in this movie. So she finds out that her great uncle was was who owned the house, was a well-known furniture company whose pieces are hard to come by. And the pieces of furniture are still in the house. So she thinks she can get more money for the house now if she sells the furniture with the house. But Jamie says, no way, you can't sell the furniture with the house because the furniture does not belong to the house. It belongs to him since he owns the company now. Hmm. He says... She can't sell any of the furniture with the house. Now, is that right? I mean, because she inherited the house and the furniture is in the house. So, couldn't she sell whatever's in the house? That's what I was thinking while I was watching this movie. Because usually when you inherit, an, in a, inherit a house, don't you inherit all the property that's in the house? I don't know anything about law, but that's what I always thought. Anyway, it's her house. I would think the furniture would be hers, but no, Jamie says the furniture is his. 
Um, if that's the case, if the furniture is his and she has no right to it, then I would think he needs to get his butt out of the house and take all of his furniture with him, is what I was thinking. But anyway, he claims he has just as much right to the house as she does. What? I don't think that's right. The house is in her name. She inherited it. The house isn't in your name there, Jamie. All right, so that's one of the plot holes in this movie is that the fact that he refuses to leave. Nigel Edmonds' lawyer stops by with the paperwork for Jamie, and inside this paperwork, Jamie finds an envelope with Nora's name on it, but of course, he doesn't give it to her. Why would you, right? Because whenever you No, of course not. <laughs> now, besides refusing to leave, I think he is also sabotaging the sale of the estate when potential buyers come to look at the house. Jamie won't uh, let her give any of the tours. He insists on giving the tours himself. So I think he's sabotaging the sale. I also think he tells one buyer that the house is haunted. She calls her friend Amelia. Her friend tells her, since Jamie is sabotaging your sales, why don't you show the people the outside of the house before Jamie gets to them so that they will buy the house based on the outside? Hmm, that doesn't make too much sense to me because people buy a house based on what's on the inside, not what's on the outside, don't they? At least that's what I think. She is trying to make tea in the kitchen and asks Jamie if there's a micro microwave. He freaks out and says, a microwave to make tea? You can't make tea in a microwave. Okay, so this scene I enjoyed. I thought this was a cute, funny scene. So then he teaches her how to make tea in a teapot. She's outside raking leaves and doing some gardening to fix up the outside of the place. She finds out that Jamie plays croquet and piano. And he says that Edward taught him how to play both. She finds uh, a chair outside in this barn or stables or something, which is next to the estate. And she asks Jamie who made it. And he admits that he did it. He made it. So she finds out that Jamie is not just an accountant, but is also a furniture maker. Ooh, and she likes that. She encourages him to finish the pieces of furniture that he has started, but he says he has no time because he's trying to keep the business afloat. But hey, man, you don't have a business if you don't have any furniture to sell, right? So I think you need to finish that furniture. <laughs> they have a nice scene here, and you can see that they are beginning to like each other. He tells her it is nice having someone else around. That was nice, Evan. She invites him out to lunch at the Whale and Ale, Mary's pub. He goes to put on his wellies, and she says, wellies? What are wellies? He says, it's these things, and she says, well, back in the States, we call those rain boots. He says, rain boots? How boring. <laughs> Then we get a cute bike riding scene here as they're riding over to the pub. And they also stop to pet a horse, which was pretty neat. 
They get to the pub. He tells her to order fish and chips, and Jamie convinces her to try chips dipped in mayonnaise. She tries it, but says, eh, no, I think I'll stick with ketchup. Yeah, I don't think I'd like fr or fries dipped in mayonnaise. That does not sound appet appetizing to me. A game of darts breaks out, and Mary wins. She tries to pay Mary for lunch, but Mary won't take any money. She says she'll put it on Edmund's tab. Edmund's tab? Edmund passed away. How can he still have a tab? Hmm. We find out about that later on. They ride back home from the pub. They have a nice scene as they stop to watch the sunset. I like this shot. This is a good one. Next day, Nora makes Jamie breakfast. She tries beans on toast. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. No. I don't think I'd like beans on toast. I mean, I usually eat beans every day, either for lunch or dinner, but beans for breakfast? Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying that. She bought some brushes and tools so they can finish the furniture in the barn that Jamie started. She comes up with a business proposal for Jamie. She wants Jamie to sell his furniture to her so she can sell the pieces in her interior design shop in the States. Uh, Amy or er, Jamie actually agrees to that, so they decide to go into business together. She realizes she is running out of time. She only has a couple days left to sell the estate, so she decides... Uh, since Jamie agreed to sell her his furniture for her interior design business, that she could sell the furniture with the estate. But when Jamie finds out about her plan, he gets mad and says, the deal is off. I'm not going into business with you. and You can't have any of my furniture. Nora goes to the pub. She tells Mary what is going on with Jamie. Mary says Jamie is afraid to move on. And he's afraid to move out of the house because he has lived in that house since he was a child. What? There we go. Wait a minute. Why would he be living in that house when he was a child? I mean, where, where were his parents? And he wasn't Edmund's account, accountant when he was a child. And he's, he was, no, he's not related to Edmund. So what exactly is happening here? I don't know. Didn't understand that. Didn't understand why he grew up living in that house with Edmund. Uh, well, we then find out that Mary and Edmund were romantically interested in each other, but they never acted on their feelings because they ran out of time. And we find out that Edmund gave Mary a loan to buy the pub, but he wouldn't let her pay him any money back. I guess that's why he has a tab, a running tab at the pub. So Nora goes back to the estate and apologizes to Jamie, but he says a company in London is going to buy his furniture and he is going to sell the business to them. And he's going to head off to London. The doorbell rings and Nora's ex-boyfriend shows up. Uh-oh, surprise. Nora takes him to the pub. He orders a hamburger and she orders fish and chips. She tries to to get him to try a piece of a fish, and he says, fried fish? No, thank you. <laughs> no thank you to fried fish, but he is going to eat a hamburger, which is fried. 
And he's probably going to eat either french fries or potato chips with that hamburger, which are also fried. But he says no to fried fish. He thinks that Nora is going to go back to the States with him and they are going to get back together. Now, where is he getting that idea from? I have no idea. Nora never told him that. Mary goes to the estate and finds Jamie getting ready to leave and tries to convince him to stay, but he says, no, I need to move on. Nora tells her ex that she is not going back to the States with him. She is staying in England and is going into business with Jamie. Wait a minute, what? Even though Jamie already told her the deal was off, he wasn't interested in doing that. And Jamie told her that he accepted a job in London and he was leaving. So why, why is Nora telling her ex-boyfriend this? I have no idea. Like, was she not listening to Jamie when uh, he told her that? Not sure what's happening here. Nora goes back to the, to the estate to find Jamie. She runs into Mary. Mary says it's too late. Jamie left to go to London. Nora seems shocked, even though... She already knew that. Yeah, these last two scenes were a little bit confusing. Nora, what, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Nora, Nora's brain. Nora runs in. No, Nora runs to the train station to find Jamie. She finds Jamie on a train heading to London, so he gets off to talk to her. She tells Jamie she has decided to stay in England and start an interior design business out of the estate. Oh. So Jamie likes that idea, so he agrees to stay and help her out, and they kiss. That's the end, that's the end of that part of the movie, but then we get a one-year follow-up. We see Nora and Jamie getting hitched, and we get a romantic scene here of them exchanging wedding vows. She reads the letter that her great-uncle Edmund left her, and then it ends with a funny line after they kiss. She tells him she still doesn't like beans on toast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I, I have to agree with that. Beans for breakfast? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. All right, so that's, that's the movie. So this movie, it isn't bad. I actually, I actually enjoyed it, even though a lot of the storyline doesn't make sense. There's a lot of plot holes and unanswered questions, like, like, like I mentioned before, but I still liked it. I liked that it was uh, took place in England, and I liked the scenery. Spencer Locke, I like her. I think she's a cutie patootie, and I'll watch anything that she's in. And I thought it was fun to see Juliet Mills and her husband, Maxwell Caulfield, in this movie. But I wish they would have had some scenes together. I think that would have been fun, but they were still good as, as, as the supporting cast, even though they were never together on screen. At least I don't think they were. I don't remember them being together on screen. So there were some funny scenes in this movie. The tea making scene was funny, where she tries to make tea in the microwave and Jamie has a fit. Uh, the fish and chips scene, that was, God, that was cute where they were at the pub eating fish and chips and he tries to convince her to have a chip with mayonnaise and she's like, eh, she tried it and says, it, eh, no way, man. Uh, the cute meat uh, was pr pr pretty fun where she thinks he is the house's butler 
and they both say that they own the house. So I'm trying to think. So yeah, I'd give this movie a thumbs up. Uh, there were some people on, online that didn't care for it, but I thought it was kind of cute. I didn't mind it. I liked it. Out of the February movies, oh boy, what do you think? How would this rank among the other February movies? We had that romantic rewrite movie in February, and we also had that Valentine movie in February. Uh, is this the best movie in February? It, it, it might be. Because I like the England aspect of it. So for me, it might be. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's kind of on par with those other two. But I think this might be my favorite movie of February. Then in March, we had that Emma movie, Happily Ever Emma. And they're actually re-showing that again tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern, right before they re-show my favorite Christmas tree from this past Christmas at 8 o'clock Eastern. Now... Happily Ever Emma, that was the only movie. They showed that the first weekend in March, and they haven't shown a new movie in March since. I'm not sure what's going on. They stopped showing They stopped showing movies on Saturdays for some reason, and they also stopped showing the movies during the week at night. They were showing movies from 6 o'clock Eastern to 10 o'clock Eastern. They stopped doing that, except on Fridays. They stopped the Christmas movies, too, on Fridays, but then they just brought them back this past Friday. Uh, so, not sure what's going on. Hopefully, we'll get some new movies in the future. I'm sure we will. I hope they don't do what they did last year, where they had a new movie in January and a new movie in February, and then we didn't get another, another new movie until August. I hope they don't do that. Fingers crossed. I don't think they will, but we'll see. So, next week, I'm going to recap... The Happily Ever Emma movie. I was going to do both the, that movie and this movie together, but I thought I'd split it up into two separate episodes since we're not getting any new movies. <laughs> Might as well. So uh, <laughs> next week I'll recap Happily Ever Emma. Let me know what you thought of this uh, English estate movie. As always, you can shoot me an email at uh, chad at greatamericanchat.com or find me on social media at GACTV Podcast. That's it for now. I will talk to you again next week. Until then, you keep smiling. Keep, uh, keep, keep the faith. Keep your friends close and keep your great American family closer. I'll see you next week. Thanks for being here.